HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Consider Bardwell Farm in Vermont, a producer of award-winning handmade cheese from goat and cow milk. For more information, visit ConsiderBardwellFarm.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and we're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, October 8th, and this is the 38th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Today, my guests are from a new NYC Hospitality Consulting Group, and I will introduce them shortly. But first, as I do on every show, I will start with my PR tip, and then later we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip off the show with my PR tip of the week. Today's tip is to create a good team. Knowing your own strengths and weaknesses, seek people to work with who will enhance your skill set. Find colleagues who will bring out the best in you while allowing them to be their best. Personality certainly matters, too. You want to work with people who not only share your vision, but who have the same work ethic and general outlook on life. So pursue partnerships that are good for everyone, as there is no I in team. That's my tip today. Now, I'm really happy to have my guests here. They are the principals of NYC Hospitality Consulting Group, CEO and founder Daniel Gross, and president and founder Dana Marie McKernan. Daniel's background in financial services, as well as his lifelong interest in technology, helps restaurants and their employees understand and implement affordable insurance and savings programs and leading technology solutions. Dana Marie, who has been in the restaurant, bar, lounge, and hotel industries her entire career, brings unique experience from management to consulting. Their company, NYCHCG, was founded to deliver a full technology experience from management to the diner, Hospitality 360, right? <laughs> so welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry. And I'm excited to have you guys out here and learn more about this 
this amazing company that you started doing consulting. So first I wanted to get into how you both got into hospitality because I believe your backgrounds are quite different. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I think Dan started off uh, predominantly in the finance industry. Uh, For me personally, I've been in hospitality since I was a kid. I think I've worked every position you can possibly work in in a restaurant and bar and just worked my way up. So there's really no tricks of the trade that can get past me. I say that about myself, too, because I, I mean, I haven't worked in restaurants in a long time, but I did work in pretty much every position. I always find it great experience. So that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to be able to walk into a restaurant and really uh, know every, every position and know how they feel doing it. And that's how, mm-hmm. we, that's how we relate to management and how we relate to the staff from the manager to the busser down to the dishwasher. Right. Really. Every position for you, Dan? Not every position. <laughs> um, my uh, experience in, in uh, hospitality started out in high school and college. I worked in some local um, restaurants. When I was in grad school, I went back into the hospitality industry and worked at a couple of restaurants in New York City. And um, the bug never left me, and I realized I really wanted to work with restaurants. And um, when Dane and I met, we realized we have a really unique set of talent, skills, and passions that apply to the restaurant industry, which is why we created our company. And how did you meet? When or And when did you meet? We met uh, this past year while working at another company, which was a nice stepping stone for us to build out uh, New York City Hospitality Consulting Group. And um, what we really want to do is combine our passion and our skills so that we could help restaurant owners to both save time and money so that they could do some of the things that they love to do more. Right. Now, did you think you wanted to have your own business or was that was something just came along the way? And I mean, my tip, I was sort of inspired by this partnership and coming together. Uh, so how did it come about? Always wanted your own business. <laughs> Always. Um, I went back to cul- I went to culinary school and I graduated the uh, Institute of Culinary Education. Oh, great. Their management program as well as their culinary arts program. And as soon as I left there, I knew you know, after working in the restaurant industry for so long, I knew I need my own. I need my own. I want to be able to help people um, really run their restaurants efficiently. I, I would walk into restaurants even just to eat and be like, oh, I want to help them. I want to help them grow and open that next restaurant. So it was always about getting my own. And which is one of the passions that we shared is how much we want to be in control of our own, the vision of how we want to help the restaurant industry. My background, I have a BS in accounting. I audited hedge funds. And how that relates and correlates to the restaurant industry is that you could bring that business experience and the business perspective of, um, of, of Wall Street to the restaurant industry. So we're able to look at things from the balance sheet um, all the way through technology and be able to offer restaurateurs um, a very unique packaged and efficient solution. Right. It's very important. So let's talk about some of these services that you provide, because I was looking on your website. And there were a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was I mean, I mean, we could we could go into all of them or pick out a few. But tell me tell me more about the services I've, you're providing. Well, that's where the 360 comes from. Exactly, OK, <laughs> exactly. So uh, we're actually in the process of, of rebranding ourselves to the name Hospitality 360. So everyone. Keep an eye out for that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's I love that. It's it's a great it's a great name. Yeah, we get a lot of positive feedback on that. Which um, the way that we really started the company and the the uh, formation of that was through something called a hospitality uh, recon report. 
And that's what allows us to go in a restaurant, we open up their books, we look at operations from front of house to back of house, liquor, food, um, and technology. And that allows us to um, provide a very efficient and unique solution to the restaurant owner. I'm going to let, this is really more on Dana's expertise, <laughs> so I'll let Dana t- take the baton from there. Well, part of the recon report is really elevating the mystery dining experience. You know, a mystery diner can be anyone that comes in and sort of gets paid for a free meal and then writes a report for a company and then you get the report. What we do is we elevate it to front of house, back of house, and you're really getting the bird's eye view of what your customer is experiencing from start to finish. And then a lot of times managers don't really have the time to sit in the kitchen or to sit in back of house and see what's actually going on there. They're running around. They're doing a thousand different things at night. What we do is sort of hang out as a fly on the wall and really give them a perspective of what's happening back of house. You can see where you can be more efficient. A lot of places don't do that. They give you a one-page report where something like what we do with the recon is a 360 view of front of house, back of house, and exactly what's going on. And we also utilize uh, best in the industry. We uh, we can't be at all places at all times. So sometimes we're going to utilize uh, some colleagues and friends that we have within the industry that have ten plus years of experience, you know, in the bar serving management and whatnot, who um, are able to take that third party perspective and the expertise of someone that's been in the industry and knows all the little, all the good and bad and all the little details and is able to write that up into our, into one of our reports, which is part of the greater recon report. Yes, and I actually have a little experience in this because way back when I moved to New York and I was looking for work, and I had gone to culinary school, so I had, and I had the restaurant experience, but one of my jobs was being this mystery diner for people, and for me at the time, I I mean, I'm, I've always been into restaurants, but I could not afford to really go out to the great restaurants so it was, it was so amazing to go, but it was a lot of work because they wanted the, just the amount of details that you had to go through with um, what you ordered, watching the bartender, you know, at the cash register and just all those details. But that was all front of the house. So I have a little experience doing it. And it was, um, I don't, yeah, I, I mean, it was a long time ago. So I think that's really awesome. You're providing that service and, and even taking it a step beyond. Yeah, a step further. And I think one of the great aspects of that is having someone that's actually industry related. Like you said, like mm-hmm. you, you went to Colony School. A lot of times the, the mystery diner that work for these large companies are not in the industry. Yeah, that's and they true. get paid very little to do it and they get a free meal. Whereas something like what we're doing is you're getting a person that's in the industry. We're, we're not in it for the free meal. And it's something that actually comes natural. Like when I'm in a restaurant, it's very hard to shut it off. It's like I'm doing it even without being paid for it most of the time. Sometimes I can't enjoy my meal when I'm out with my friends. It's just, it, it, it just happens. <laughs> yeah. And there's something about the anonymous part too, though, because I think all of us could go to one of our clients or restaurant and the service might be a little different because they recognize you. Yeah. Absolutely. It's very hard for restaurant tours to tell their friends or their family, go ahead mm-hmm. in and, you know, let me know what your experience is. Cause most of the times staff will pick up on that. Right. Yeah. It's also, I think a great example of how we're combining our skills. Cause you're taking the expertise of the, the hospitality experience that Dana has along with the business experience that I have and packaging it together in a, in a nice consulting um, experience for the restaurant owner. 
Excellent. Okay, so that's that's one of your many services. Uh, what about? I mean, more about the technology, uh, the restaurant consulting on technology. I mean, how how are you? How does that work? <laughs> so, so basically, um, we we know that restaurateurs lack the time, the uh, knowledge, and sometimes the inclination to um, put technology inside their restaurant. They may know they need it, they may not know they need it, but at the end of the day, a lot of times different uh, types of technology uh, could improve operations, it can increase sales, they could um, decrease inventory costs. And our job through the um, hospitality recon report is to um, ascertain what the solutions are. Many times they end up being in technology. So it's our job to go out there and source and find the best possible um, resources for that. And one example of that is a company called Recipe um, Return on Ingredients, which does recipe costing. Mark Kellenhofer is the president over there, and he has some of the best technology in, in the industry for helping with um, uh, food costing, recipe costing, uh, liquor costing, menu engineering, as well as labor cost. And we find that many restaurants don't use that type of technology unless they're like a, a big enterprise restaurant company. They cost out their recipes, but most of the time they don't add labor into it. What Mark does is labor is automatically added into it with his program, and it allows a very different viewpoint than what you get from other companies. Wow, that's um, I'm learning. All right, so that's just one of many examples <laughs> yeah. that we can go through, but, but now- I think... Uh, sorry, with with if if let's you recommend this to to one of your clients and they they say yeah we we want to do it. Do you do the training or do you refer them to people? How does the setup go? It's a little bit of both. Um, in different situations, it could be um, you know the other company is completely taking the baton and they're going with it, or in certain situations we're going to do the training. We're going to help the restaurant to understand how to implement the technology how to um, manage the technology, how to change the technology if need be. We also help them with the recipe costing. Most of the time, restaurants don't have recipes, which is shame, shame. But <laughs> really? You find that? Oh, many times. Many times. <laughs> Even the best restaurants sometimes don't work off of written recipes. Wow. Yeah, it's I'm surprising. It is very mm-hmm. surprising, but it is the truth in the industry. It's what happens. So sometimes when we come in to implement return on ingredients, what we have to do is we have to actually rewrite their recipes for them. And this is something that we hold their hand through the entire process. We never walk away from them. Basically, we use technology to make sure that restaurants do not manage by Excel and they do not manage by um, their intention or what they think is right. That is a perfect way to say it. Do not manage by Excel. (laughs) Okay. Well, on that note, I think we're going to take a little break. Excellent. So stay with us. This is Own the Industry and Heritage Radio Network. We'll be right back.
Today's program has been brought to you by Consider Bardwell Farm. Spanning the rolling hills of Vermont's Champlain Valley and easternmost Washington County, New York, 300-acre Consider Bardwell Farm was the first cheese-making co-op in Vermont founded in 1864 by Consider Stebbins Bardwell himself. Rotational grazing on pesticide-free and fertilizer-free pastures produces the sweetest milk and the tastiest cheese. All of their cheeses are aged on the farm in their extensive system of caves. Consider Barwell Farm is also a big supporter of Heritage Foods USA's No Goat Left Behind program. No Goat Left Behind is a serious effort launched in 2011 by Heritage Foods USA designed to introduce goat meat to American diners and provide a sustainable end market for dairy animals. For more information, please visit www.considerbardwellfarm.com. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer, and my guests today are Daniel Gross and Dana Marie McKernan. They are of NYC Hospitality Consulting Group, otherwise known as Hospitality 360. So we're talking about services that you are providing for the industry, and let's get into a few more. What about social media? So um, we are pretty good at social media. Um, We can help a lot of restaurants improve their social media. Where our real expertise lies in is the strategy behind the social media and helping them to go from, you know, maybe a couple Facebook posts a week and no real um, community involvement to full-blown social media strategies, communications, and community involvement, which means following up on, um, you know, um, like online reputation and things like that, as well as creating um, a social media community through the Facebook and Google Plus pages and whatnot, um, for the restaurant. Um, it's definitely a neglected area. Uh, you know, a lot of restaurateurs are starting to get on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Like, they realize how important social media is, and I think now is the time to really grasp that, the importance of social media and what it's going to do for your restaurant. Yeah, well, I, I find with PR, I mean, social media is a service that I also tie in with PR because they go well together, but oftentimes I see with restaurants that they don't, they're they're just like assigning a manager or someone to say, hey, <laughs> will you post a picture for us? And and not, but I think everyone is starting to realize how important it is. And even Instagram, it's just such a people love pictures. Oh yeah, I mean, definitely. It's, it's it's big. Yeah, I mean, you have to start with your brand voice and have an understanding of um, what uh, what voice and what um, uh, message that you want to get out as a restaurant. And then you need to interact and find your fans. Mm-hmm. And a lot of restaurants, you know, as they said, use the general manager or the, you know, whomever to do it. And there's not a real interaction or a strategy. So we could go anywhere from uh, strategy sessions, which could last a couple of hours, through a boot camp, which involves the restaurant and showing them how to um, start their social media strategies so they could do it themselves, all the way up through full um, community management. And um, in that regard, we work with... Um, Social Fly and Steph Abrams, and they provide an amazing service that is top notch. And we're very proud of working with them. That's good to know. I like, you know, that you 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 outsource or you get the help you need to help your clients. Right. We. I mean, it goes back to the whole consulting model. Um, some of the lessons I learned in uh, on Wall Street was what, if you're starting a company, you want to have a service as well as products. We can't offer every service and every product. What we do very, very, very well is strategy. 
from there, you need to implement things through different products and different services. And in order to do that, in order to provide the top level services for our clients, um, many times we have to go find who are the top uh, providers of that within the industry. Right. Yeah, makes sense. And what about employee benefits? That was also something I saw on your website. That's something we're very, very excited about and something that I think the restaurant industry is uh, sorely lacking. Um, Especially now with all the new laws coming in place. Yeah, with, exactly. With Obamacare coming into, into play, restaurants with over 100 employees on January 1st are going to have to have health insurance in place. And we don't see that being offered anywhere. So when I left uh, financial services, I was lucky enough to keep my licenses. And then um, when we sat together and looked at the issues and problems in the industry, we realized that we could fulfill a major need by offering uh, low-cost health insurance to restaurants. So um, we are currently um, in the final stages of creating a platform that's going to allow us to um, serve the restaurant industry with health insurance that's low cost. It's very easy for the um, business to administer, and many times they could actually save um, some time because they're administratively they're losing some of that some of those administrative tasks that tasks that they may have been on, and. Um, it's low, it, it, it helps to save the restaurant owner money as well. Yeah, oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I think the major part about that is restaurateurs are very get, are getting very scared because they have to keep these files now in their restaurant. They have to manage these files. What our platform is going to do is going to take that work away from the restaurateur and away from the restaurant. There's no need for an HR department. There's no need for them to really have to deal with anything. The restaurateur and the employees will be able to log on to this system, and we take it from there. So it's really a log-on system where they won't even have to keep files in-house and everything like that. So it, it's very different from what's out there right now. It sounds it sounds like it is. I'm looking forward to hearing more about it, and that's, that's very, very cool you're doing it. And there's actually another piece that we're working on, which is um, a supplemental piece of insurance that I think is absolutely perfect for the restaurant industry because um, it's a low-cost insurance option that will allow employees to go either to the hospital for emergency room visits or annual checkups or shots. Um, and you could have different options for different types of care that you might want. And it's just a couple of dollars a week. And I think that uh, that's going to be very popular um, in New York City. For employees, employers are getting very excited. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've worked in the restaurant business my whole life, and I've never had health insurance. So employees are getting excited, but the restaurateurs are getting scared. So this is where we can help, again, hold their hand through the entire process. And plus, I, I, I worked in uh, the restaurant industry for about seven years, and I not, not one time had anybody ever come to our restaurant given any form of financial advice, how to uh, protect yourself, how to save your money. And we offer that as part of our health ben employee benefits as well. A lot of amazing services. Now, is it's not just the two of you, right, in-house? There's more to your team? There is a, okay. another Okay, because these are a lot of jobs. <laughs> there are, but that's also why, you know, we have our strategic uh -huh. partners that we keep in close contact with. And we enjoy working with other businesses that have the same ideals and, you know, respect of the business that we do. They keep it personal. They they hold their hand. They work with their clients. It, it's exactly what we want to work with and what we want for our clients. Great. Well, let me ask you the question I have from my guest last week. I had on Barbara Sibley. She's the owner and chef of La Palapa. She's also the president of the New York Women's Culinary Alliance. 
And her question for you guys was, what's the greatest challenge in getting restaurant owners to adopt to new technology? Noting that restaurateurs typically don't have a lot of time, so it's hard for them to start something new. That's an amazing question because that's almost exactly <laughs> why we exist. <laughs> um, basically, depending on their age, uh, the comfort level with tech ranges a lot. Um, we found that there's a lot of people 40 and younger who are, who are the new restaurateurs, general managers, who have grown up with technology and they understand it. And they may need a little push to just uh, get it um, implemented into their restaurant. On the other side is you have the old school restaurant guys and they're feeling a pressure to get you know, the social media stuff or these computer things inside their restaurant that they don't completely understand and they don't really understand the benefit that, that, um, that there is to the restaurant. That's where we come into play, where we help them to understand, um, one, most importantly, how's it going to save them money? Because a restaurant owner, first and foremost, wants to save money. And they want to make money. And they want to make money. So technology could either help you save money through things like recipe costing, or it can make you money through things like social fly and through, and through social media. So our job is to um, communicate how these different technologies are, um, are beneficial to them. So the biggest challenge is really allowing us to educate them. Yeah. You know, some, some restaurateurs, oh, okay, it's the way I've always done it. You know, where we come in, it's let us educate you. So that's the biggest challenge is being able to educate on all these things that are beneficial for your business. Yeah, it makes sense. And with the different generations, I mean, as you were, as you were talking, I was thinking how we, when we met, we had lunch at my client, La Paragord, right. which is a, a great example of a restaurant who's been around a very long time. And, you know, they're now getting into social media and and but it's they're they're old school. So, yeah, you know, it's hard to it's hard to I mean, I could see with the newer generation, they're just they're on it and they they they're on their phone. They're doing it, you know, quicker than us. And even the, <laughs> even the younger generation, like. We're, the, the younger generation is not necessarily staying ahead of the wave of technology. They understand the social media. We're trying to help them to understand some of the other technology, some of the other amazing, uh, other amazing technology applications that are coming into the industry, like business intel and all sorts of other uh, front of house and back of house um, uh, apps and software and whatnot. Yeah, well, it's changing. We were talking about this a little before the show, how restaurant technology is just, it's like in a boom. Yep. Yeah. It's coming, and everybody better be ready for it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, what do you guys? What do you enjoy most about working with restaurants and in hospitality? And what what would you say are the biggest challenges? Most, I, I love doing things where I can help a lot of people, and the fact that through um, restaurant consulting, you could help a lot of different restaurants, a lot of different employees, a lot of different owners, and a lot of and help a community out because a great restaurant is really. Um, an extension of a community. And if you could help out a restaurant, you're also helping out all those families and, um, you know, people who are coming there for lunch from uh, various businesses to have a, a better experience. So that's definitely one of the most important parts of uh, the restaurant industry that I look forward to. Yeah. What I enjoy most about it is I enjoy the change. I enjoy when you can sit back and see the change. When you have that restaurateur that says, I know I need you. I don't know why and I don't know how you're going to do it. And then they allow us to come in and, you know, change over their social media or help them, you know, train their staff a little bit better, whether that's front of house or back of house to be more efficient. And then for them to sit back and actually see 
what we do and how we implement those changes and then for it to grow from there. That That's my favorite part about it is to see the change that happens and see the restaurateur. Wow, you saved me this amount and we're more efficient and, you know, service is going a lot smoother because of the small little details that you put in. You know, a lot of times it's the small things that count, but being in that situation every day, you don't get a chance to see you know, it's sort of that outside looking mm-hmm. in, you know, a restaurateur runs his restaurant very well and they know their restaurant inside and out. But sometimes the smallest changes make the biggest impact. And that's my favorite part is really being able to see the change in everybody. Yeah, I could see that yeah. being rewarding. Yeah, yeah, it is. And would you say challenges wise? <laughs> challenges letting the, letting us do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, on my side, you know, the technology <laughs> right. for him, you know, people see that they need that and they see that it's Mm -hmm. coming for me the challenge is you know going into a restaurant you know they they called us because they needed help but then when you go in there and you try to make the changes it's very hard for them to step back and say all right change that you know it's very hard so the challenge is really you called me let me do it the challenge is really letting letting me do my job that you hired me for but most of the time it works out really well yeah i mean it comes down to um making sure that they understand that you need to be patient with the process, that we're putting controls and a new process into place that may take, it's not gonna happen in a day or two where all of a sudden you start seeing either revenue or decreased costs, but it might take a week or two for the the changes to come into place and that is absolutely very rewarding. Excellent. Okay, great, we're gonna take another break here and we're gonna come back, we're gonna do my speed round game and talk some industry news. So stay with us, this is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guests today are Daniel Gross and Dana Marie McKernan. They are of NYC Hospitality Consulting Group. And it is now time for my speed round game. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. Okay, great. I'm going to ask you, I'm just going to name two things and you pick your preference, such as chocolate or vanilla. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So here we go. Eat in or eat out? Eat out. Do I have to pick the opposite one? No, no. You could, no. Well, whatever. You yeah, don't let's have to do copy eat them. out. Let's do eat out. <laughs> whatever is your preference. Eat out. Don't be influenced by this I'm guy. I'm not influenced. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about eat in or eat out? Oh, I just did that one. How about wine, beer, or cocktail? Cocktail. Cocktail, definitely. Cocktail. Tasting menu or a la carte? Tasting a la carte. menu. Small plates or large plates? Small plates. Large plates. <laughs> <laughs> tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. tipping. I've been in the business, tipping. <laughs> Communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. Communal table. 
This is from my uh, second question from my guest last week, Barbara Sibley. Frozen or on the rocks margaritas? On the rocks. Depends where I am. (laughs) Okay. How about finance, technology, or hospitality? Hospitality. Hospitality. Very good. Two more. Cheese plate or dessert? Dessert. (laughs) I like the cheese plate. (laughs) Manhattan or Brooklyn? Manhattan. Manhattan. Great. I love that because... But we love Brooklyn. Yes. We all love Brooklyn. I know we're in Brooklyn. We should have said that. (laughs) I always tell people you're not going to get kicked out by saying Manhattan. Um, Oh, that was fun. I I like hearing the different responses and some similarities. Do you ever answer the questions? Um, On the show, I have not. But I usually come in with my, my feedback a little bit. And I think if you've probably listened to every episode, maybe by now... You would have known most mine. But, you know, what's interesting is the tipping or all-inclusive charge. I think that's the only one I've asked that everyone's gone with tipping. Most of the people you have is in the industry on the show. Yeah. So for us, tipping is important. Yeah, but the other ones have, have is, is just very more personal. Yeah. So that was the game. Now let's talk some industry news. So today there were two reviews for the same restaurant that came out. And I, it's got, the H has to be silent. Huertas. 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 (laughs) I actually did my solo dining experience there, and I was probably saying Huertas. So, anyways, this is um, a tapas-style restaurant in the East Village. Uh, It was reviewed in the New York Times by Pete Wells. He gave it two stars. And it was also reviewed on Eater by Ryan Sutton. He also gave it two stars. And I was thinking about this, though. For some reason, I think the two stars that eater you don't weigh as much in in a sense as as the new york times i and i think ryan he they both really liked it but ryan didn't didn't like the tasting menu there's Mm -hmm. two options one you can go in the front and do um they have past tapas and and it's um an a la carte menu and then they have a five course uh $55 tasting menu and Pete liked them both. Ryan didn't like the tasting menu, but um, I had the tapas just a la carte, and I really liked it. I think my answer to your previous question was um, uh, moved by that uh, review because I read the review earlier today. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I think that um, if you read, if you read uh, Pete Wells's review, he also was not as happy, I think, with the tasting table because it didn't give enough choice. Right. And... Um, you know, I think that, and, and it's interesting that, you know, both of them really love the a la carte menu, mm-hmm. which to me makes it seem like the restaurant really knows what they're doing. They might have to tweak a little bit on um, what they're doing on the, uh, in the private dining room or the chef's room or wherever, whatever right. room that was. But I mean, there's a lot of, um, items on that menu that seem absolutely delicious. Well, and I think that offering a tasting menu should your cuisine should be elevated and a tasting menu should be immaculate and everyone should love everything that's on there. I think just seeing the different reviews, Mm -hmm. um, it it just shows so much about the eye of the beholder, Uh you know, how one person, I mean, as Pete Wells, I mean, he's the restaurant critic of the New York times. I mean, it's amazing. And then to have someone from eater who's, you know, reviewing as well, you're seeing two different sides of it. 
it's it's amazing how the eye of the beholder how they change things and where Yelp comes in and how different people review different cuisines but I also think that having a tasting menu should be perfect there should never be a bad review on a tasting menu yeah no it it I was thinking I mean it is interesting that these both came out today yeah. and they were there were similarities but there was it was differences with their perspective and from being there and I when I went I dined at the bar and it's I I can see why they love the front of the house it, it was you know the it was fun it was they have these past tapas they bring around where you you know they took I read they took that style from state bird provisions yeah. that's you know doing this dim sum style and it's fun you know they come around with these you just point and you get this three dollar delicious bite and I think once you've had that and then you're going to the tasting menu I think that maybe it's it was limited. just missing the fun yeah I, I got the exact same uh, sensory in the article and it made me think that maybe they should um, up their game a bit in the chef's room maybe offer things that you can't get have mm-hmm. that same fun experience on uh, on the a la carte menu but if you're in the chef's room you know maybe up the game a little bit in terms of creativity of the dish or have higher end products in there I mean it just right. seemed like they're clumping all the stuff onto one plate Whereas maybe if they had two or three things on the plate and had someone coming around maybe explaining it or doing something yeah. that added to the um, experience. I thought the dishes in the in the tasting were different, but um, I, they didn't get into that many details. So I don't know. I mean, it's a good price, $55. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> for New York? For that, for the review. <laughs> for a tasting menu. <laughs> yeah. For a tasting menu? Okay. So, well, that's cool. Congratulations to them. I mean, they I would think they would be happy with both those reviews. Two stars. Very, very good. Okay, another article, which I thought was so timely for us, <laughs> was in LA Times. Mm-hmm. And it was titled, LA Area Restaurants Adding Healthcare Surcharge to Cover Workers. And it's all about how there's a group of pretty much top restaurants and restaurateurs that have um, teamed up and they added a 3% surcharge uh, on their bill in order to cover employees' medical insurance. As So, I mean, you guys talk about this. <laughs> this is your field. <laughs> yeah, I, have, uh, I mean, I find it interesting that they're trying to pass along the costs uh, to diners. Um, you know, I'm not going to say anything about their, um, uh, their motivation for that. But it was interesting that they said that it's not political, not this and not that. However, it is forcing that mm-hmm. conversation onto the dinner table, um, which in a fine restaurant, I don't know if that's where you want your the perspective of your diners to be at. And especially at the end of the meal, when all of a sudden you're looking at the bill, you want to leave them with a bad taste in their mouth. So to me, it goes back to understanding how to price your menu properly so that you can include costs like that. When we look when we look at recipe costing and going back to um, uh, labor costing, that's part of that. And what we want to help restaurateurs do is to understand how to incorporate ancillary costs such as that into the cost of an actual dish because that's important to understand. And fortunately, most people don't understand that. But to go back to the issue of um, adding these charges to bills, I mean, I I don't really know how I feel about that, but I think that. I think that there's probably a better way of doing it. Well, I guess I take the restaurant side in this. Um, I spent some time in Italy and, you know, in European restaurants, they actually 
charge a surcharge. It doesn't explain exactly what it is for. So this is actually telling you what it is for. But most of the time, there's it's called a seating charge. So it's usually like $2 per person or $2.50 per person that's on a bill when you sit down. And it's all over Europe. And this mm-hmm. is what they do. Sometimes they charge for like water and bread service. Um, I think that the customer doesn't really realize how low the profit margin is for restaurants. And I don't think they really understand how much money it is to run a restaurant and to pay the employees to be happy in front of you. Um, I think that doing this and letting you know up front that this is what it's for, I think that customers should be happy. Like, hey, we're actually giving our workers, your daughter or your son could be a waiter. You know, you would be happy that now this restaurant is actually offering them health care. And you know what? It's going to help. It's going to help the economy. And it's in, it's happening. And I, I sort of agree with it. <laughs> I'm not saying not to offer health insurance. And the other thing is, are they letting them know? Are they letting the diner? When the diner walks through the door, they're saying, oh, by the way, there's going to be a health insurance surcharge on your bill. Well, they should. I think not hiding it will make people a little bit easier. I think hiring your plates you know, putting a larger price point on your plates would um, upset a customer easier than letting them know, hey, we're offering the surcharge. I love it. I mean, I love that you, we just debated both sides of that, or you both did, mm-hmm. and I can see both sides. So I can see both sides also. Yeah, it's, no, it's, an it's interesting inter- debate. That it I'm- is. We work well, but we debate. <laughs> yeah, but I and I think I this is not the first we will be hearing of this. No, it's going oh, no, it. to be a hot topic. York, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if it's in LA, it's coming here. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Okay, we're gonna take one more break, and we're gonna come back. I'm gonna do my solo dining experience. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sam Edwards, and I listen to Heritage Radio Network. Welcome welcome back to All in the Industry and Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and it's time for my solo dining experience of the week. This week, I checked out Tomi. Now, let me give you the rundown. The location. Tomi is located on East 5th Street between Avenue A and B in the East Village. The concept an ingredient-driven contemporary American menu with Asian influences. The chef owner, Thomas Chen, who previously worked at 11 Madison Park. Why did I go? Well, because my industry friends were buzzing about the place. I heard a lot of great feedback, including my previous guest, Ben Leventhal of Resi, who tweeted their deviled eggs were one of the top three dishes of 2014. My experience... I went on a weekend night. I got a seat at the end of the bar. It was a little quiet when I arrived, but by the end of my meal, it had a nice, warm energy, and the staff was really lovely. Um, I I enjoyed my experience. What did I order? Well, the deviled eggs, of course, and the scallops. My take? I enjoyed both of them. The eggs were served hot, 
and deep fried. So what's not to love about that? And the scallops came with this miso carrot puree that I really wanted to lick off the plate. I mean, it was carrot puree, but it was amazing. The scene, it was a youngish crowd, mostly couples small in small groups. I would say it's a good place for solo dining, a date night, or dinner with friends. Interesting tidbit, the name is spelled T-O-U-M-E and is pronounced Tommy as it was the chef's nickname growing up because his mother couldn't pronounce Tommy. Personal fun fact, I dined on East 5th Street between Avenue A and B twice last week, as I also went to Chef Bobby Helen's new place, Gigi's, which recently opened on the same block, and I'm a big Bobby fan. The cost of my meal was $34 pre-tax and tip. Would I go back? For sure. Their website is tomynyc.com. That is my report. Great report. <laughs> I'm hungry carrot, now. Carrot miso glaze sounds pretty amazing. I'm serious. That was like this seriously the best thing I had. It was awesome. I'm looking forward to recreating that at home tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're running out of time, but before we go, we need to wrap up with the final question. So next week, I'm having on Bob Marcelli of Marcelli Formaggi, and he's a cheese producer from Abruzzo, Italy. Um, and he supplies products for some of the best restaurants in New York City and beyond. And I met Bob while I was solo dining at Marta. So solo dining does me good. I meet people. Um, so what shall I ask him? I'm going to hand the baton off to Dana because this is her passion. <laughs> um, you know, like I said before, I spent some time in Italy, actually very close to Abruzzo. Um, I was in Umbria for a while with the Cucina della Terra cooking school. Um, I guess my main question would be, in that area of Umbria, there's actually so many different pecorino farms and sheep farms there. Um, I, I'd like to know, what is he doing that's different and unique that is really attracting the New York restaurants to order his products or, or you know, order his cheese products or any other products that he's um bringing into the New York scene. So I, I'd like to know what is his different take on it and his unique take on um, everything that he's bringing in here. Perfect. I, I'm, I'm going to get a huge cheese lesson next week. Hopefully he'll bring in some samples for you. Oh yeah, even better. So, um, well, that's it. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank, thank you yeah. so much. Sherry. This has this been was, fun. Yeah, this is a great location. Great. So I've been talking to Daniel Gross and Dana Marie McKernan of NYC Hospitality Consulting Group. Their website is nychcg.com, and their social media media handle is nychcg. My social media is at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, and at All Industry. If you miss our live broadcasts, you can always find us archived at heritageradionetwork.org. We're also on Stitcher and iTunes. Thanks always to my engineer, Jack, and to all of you out there listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll come back next week when I talk to Bob, the cheese guy. (laughs) Four o'clock Wednesday. See you then. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>